the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In November of 2020, the Democrats were up to no good. They were planning to pull off the greatest scheme of election fraud never before seen. They didn't think we would catch them, but we did. Find out what they did and how they did it in the new documentary film called 2000 Mules, directed and narrated by renowned filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza and executive produced by Salem Media Group, with research from truthevote.org. 2,000 Mules tells the story of the ones who tried to hijack a presidential election. You'll see the actual video surveillance tapes. You'll see how we tracked their cell phones to box after box as they got paid to carry out this illegal scheme. Watch the movie and decide for yourself. Attend a limited release premiere of 2,000 Mules on May 2nd or May 4th. Check your local listings and get your tickets today at 2000mules.com. That's the number 2000mules.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining along. Looking forward to this conversation. This is the show where we do our very best every single episode to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Uh, I say that every show, and I mean it every time I say it. I'll tell you this. Today's show falls exactly within that tagline, giving you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Uh, we are told, having seen some recent surveys, that the number one issue on the minds of most Americans right now is the economy. There are a thousand issues I think all of us are concerned about, but the number one is the economy, and for obvious reasons. Inflation, high gas prices, all of these issues that we're dealing with, the supply chain issues that are projected to get worse, these impact us in our homes. <laughs> these make it more difficult to get our kids the things that they need to pay our rent or our mortgage to get food, to really live the lives that we are accustomed to living. And so it makes sense that this is the number one issue that all of us are thinking about right now. There are a lot of ways that we can look at the economy, a lot of ways that we can think about what is happening, and many of the ways we're being told to think about it uh, are very depressing. <laughs> uh, thankful today to have on a guest that is not depressing. In fact, our guest today is very encouraging. He has a lot of knowledge. He has years of experience. He has navigated economies uh, really for decades in a very uh, productive way at a very high level. And he's here today to share with us. Very, very excited to share this episode with you. My guest today is none other than Charles Mizrahi. My guest today is Charles Mizrahi. He is the founder of Alpha Investor and host of the Charles Mizrahi Show. Charles was once ranked by Barron's as the number one trader on Wall Street. He started his career by predicting the 1987 Black Friday stock market crash and steering his personal clients around it. Charles, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. This is a crazy time in our economy, and I really appreciate you coming to shed some light on what's happening. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I want to get into some specific questions about how what's happening in the world impacts our personal economies. I think that's what everyone is really dealing with. Mm -hmm. But before we do, your story is fascinating, your personal story. And for those in our audience that aren't familiar with you, uh, I'd love for you to just take a few minutes and, and tell us where you came from. You, you, I, I mentioned this to you just real briefly, but I think a lot of people look at people like you and say, well, you don't know what it's like to be me. You don't know what it's like to come from nothing, and you've always had, and so this is a different thing. That's not your story. Can you tell us, uh, tell us where you came from and how you got into all of this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, my story is more common than the exception. You know, there are many people that I know who just had similar backgrounds and even uh, more disadvantaged backgrounds that I have, but I don't, I don't consider what I had the disadvantaged background at all. Uh, I, st I grew up in a working class neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York, and um, my dad was a warehouse manager, and we grew up in the 70s. That's, uh, I was born in 1962, so I, by you know mid-70s, uh, there were four of us in the house, um, four brothers, 
I'm the oldest. And my parents, so we had six people, one bathroom, one shower. So uh, that's that's the way I, I measure my success now. How right. many how many showers I have and how long I have to wait for my bathroom. Right. Um, so um, my dad was a warehouse manager, and uh, it was really tough uh, feeding and raising a family in the seventies. Inflationary sure. period it was really difficult, and um, uh, we went to school, uh, private school, and my father uh, had to work a bingo, which was the school had a thing for scholarship parents to pay off whatever the school gave him. So every Monday night, he had to work the bingo game mm. that the school ran. Yeah. And I remember my father coming home. He's a warehouse manager working tough, you know, a long day, uh, gobbling down dinner, getting in the car, and then working bingo from like 7 o'clock to 11 o'clock. Yeah. And I remember his face. And I remember how it just, it was, it was sad, you know, it was, it was growing up as a kid, you see that. And uh, I remember many times, my, you know, I asked my, my parents for money or something, and they said, no, we don't have. And uh, I, I was always entrepreneurial. Always, I was trying to find a way to make money. So when I was six years old, yeah, really was six <laughs> years old, uh, I mailed away in the back of a comic book. Back in the day, the comic books used to have you sell greeting cards or sell seeds right, right. door to door. So uh, when I was six, uh, my uh, parents bought a house, saved up everything, borrowed and bought a house. And uh, we couldn't go to camp that summer. And that's a big thing. In Brooklyn, every kid goes to camp or does something. No one right. sits home. Right. <laughs> Nobody right. sits home. Right. Right. I know parts of the country, you know, there's a lake or, you know, something or the beach. No, that's it. We sat home. <laughs> and um, and uh, I mailed away. I was six years old. I mailed away. And all of a sudden, like a couple of weeks later, we get this big box. And the house mother goes, addressed to you. And it was 12 boxes of greeting cards. And I told her, I said, Ma, if you sell the greeting cards, instead of the back of the comic book, and you sell the green cards, you can get money or prizes. And my mother was really sharp. She goes, um, okay, you could do it, but only go on our block. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go into anyone's home. And take your younger brother with you. My younger brother was five. I was a big kid. I was always big. So I looked, maybe I was 10. He was he was five. He looked small. So I think she knew marketing. She figured he's right, cute. They'd open right. the door, you know? Right, right. So I said, what should I say? She goes, bring the doorbell and say, would you like to buy my greeting card? Show it to them. And that's it. So uh, we carried like three or four of them. Uh, we had 12 and went back, sold three, four, come back. And about a couple of hours, we sold them all. Wow. And I remember the feeling because I was able to get a microscope. I didn't want the money. I wanted a microscope. And I got a microscope. And, and that set me off for really, that started me on saying that if there's no opportunity to run, make opportunity. Don't ever mm. say there's nothing to do. You know, we live in an amazing country. Yeah. Uh, a country that's based on freedom and there's opportunity everywhere. You just have to know where to look for it. And that started my entrepreneurial uh, bent where I mm. said, you know, I, I want to be in business. I never want to be in a situation like my dad, who was reliant on someone else to put food on the table. Uh, he wasn't he didn't have the freedom of, of his own hours and his own destiny, in a sense, because yeah. he had to work for someone. Yeah. And um, and I knew at a young age that uh, the people that uh, I read about who really made big money were on Wall Street. So uh, I said to myself, and I don't know how, it was only a 40-minute train ride from my house, but mm -hmm. it could have been a million miles away. Yeah. I didn't have any contacts. We lived in a working-class neighborhood where we had sanitation men and, doctor, and doctors. We had teachers. We didn't have doctors. We didn't have lawyers. We had sanitation workers. Yeah, uh, right. Real blue-collar. Yeah. We had three cab drivers on the block. <laughs> and... Uh, and they all, they all, you know, all of them, they all had this uh, fire for the American dream. You know, it, it was never something where you can't do it. it was, no one ever said that. You know, everyone, uh, when I said I would be on Wall Street, it was like, great. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you'll never make it. No, it was never that. It was never that. It was a really hmm. uh, supportive environment that I was in. And uh, uh, after high school and, and really realizing college wasn't for me, I spent one year in college, which, which was a waste of my time. I went to the trading floor, New York Futures Exchange, became wow. a floor trader. And then yeah, when I was 22, wow. I built my, on my own money management firm. And that was it. That wow. was the story. <laughs> That's incredible. Do you feel like some of the entrepreneurial spirit that you had, that a lot of people had at that time, that we've lost some of that as Americans? Or is it we've had such prosperity that people just havenven't had to? How do you view that now? Yeah, it's a, it's a really great question. You know, uh, and the best, the best way I can answer that. Look, I don't think we've lost that, right? Because there are more uh, billionaires in this country than ever. And sure. you have, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg starting a billion dollar company, billion, mm. uh, was a trillion, now it's less, but a company, Facebook, out of his dorm room. 
and you have uh, uh, amazing uh, Jeff Bezos starting in a where you know uh, selling books and right, uh, right. out of his garage. So right. I don't think the entrepreneurial spirit's lost. That, that's for sure. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want to sound too presumptuous or, or, or broad stroke it, but I do see in my own kids uh, that um, it, it, things that I would have done uh, to make an extra dollar fifty, like mm. shovel snow or rake leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't see as much of it, but it could be in a different way. You know, they could be doing making an app on a computer. It's not so where you could see it. Where back in the day, you knew the hustlers in your neighborhood because yeah. as soon as the first snowfall, they were out with the shovels like I right. was. Right. So the kids were warm. But now, you know, a kid could be sitting in his house programming. So uh, it's a good question. Uh, but, you know, the numbers really, the facts really say that's not the case because in the last, uh, I think since COVID, We've had a, a surge in uh, business applications, which are yeah. people applying to start their own businesses. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, the next great fortunes are going to are, are started, you know, a year and a half ago during COVID. Yeah. One of the things that I'm, I'm personally hoping has come out of COVID and, and the lockdowns and all these things is people's desire for independence, which is what you just you just mentioned. But starting a business, controlling whether or not you can work and how you make money. Uh, hopefully that's something that really has ignited a fire in a lot of people, and it seems like it has. But you're right, the opportunities are different. My kids are the same way. I've got two adult kids and two younger kids. They're working all the time, and sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? You're on the couch. I'm like, yeah, but I'm on my computer, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. And uh, it's just a different world. Um, but uh, yeah. ho- hopefully a world of opportunity. Yeah, look, you know, uh, just think back. I just think back when I started my business. Uh, you know, we rented an office space, 400 square feet in a yeah. seedy side of New York City. Uh, you know, just have a New York City address. It was in an area that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had to step over the homeless to walk into our building. It yeah. was, and they had, by the way, back in the day, they didn't even have a door to our floor. There was a, <laughs> a that was crack was crack was starting to oh, be yeah. very prevalent, yeah. and we had crack dealers in the bathroom or leaving the crack files. It, bottom line, it wasn't a plush <laughs> Wall Street office. Right. Um, but uh, we, we had to spend so much in terms of infrastructure. We got to, had to get a phone system. We had to spend a lot of money and buy a computer, which I yeah. leased because we couldn't afford it. Yeah. And um, uh, f- uh, we didn't have factories. It was typewriters and, and you had to hire a secretary. Today, you could literally be in business for a couple hundred dollars a month and you could have yeah. a website, you could have Shopify connected to it, you you could have, you could be on the internet in seconds, you know, GoDaddy I think has a package uh, for a couple hundred dollars a month, yeah. give you a storefront, right. it, it doesn't right. take anything. So all the things that years ago would have cost you tens of thousands, in fact even more, uh, to open up a retail store, to open up anything, now you could set up a shingle and look just as professional, as big as anyone else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a tremendous opportunity, and and hopefully there are a lot of people taking advantage of that. And in the middle of that, though, we have just the craziness of our economy right now. And I think a lot of people are confused. Interest rates are getting higher, whether you're trying to buy a house or you're trying to buy anything else. Inflation is, um, it's stated to be one thing. We know it's higher than it is. Uh, The answers to these questions are hard for most of us to understand. I've got some specific questions, but can you just give us kind of a broad overview of where you see the economy right now? What are we actually looking at? I know people like me, I've taken two economic classes. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um, it's changing all the time. What should we see? How should we understand what's happening right now? All right. So let, let's let's back up. Those are good questions, right? So let's back up and let's see really what we're, we're living through now. We're living through now probably the worst monetary and fiscal policy ever in this mm. country. Yeah. In the past uh, year and a half, two years since 2021, it's been, it's been, you know, it, it just terrible. Uh, uh, and these are all, many of them are unforced errors, such as uh, a stimulus package of $1.9 trillion back, uh, back in early of uh, Biden's presidency, which uh, literally was throwing uh, uh, uh gasoline on a smoldering fire. The economy yeah. was doing good. The first stimulus under, under the Trump administration uh, was did its job. How do we know this? Because now, it was uh, two or three weeks ago, uh, the San Francisco Fed produced a report. And they're not, they're not, a, a, part, they're, they're, they're not a partisan organization, right? right? Sure. <laughs> they sure. basically said, look, the first stimulus that was done in 2020 was needed. And it was absorbed into the economy. 
the stimulus was absorbed and didn't raise inflation. It worked. Mm. Mm. The next $1.9 trillion, that just set off a wave of inflation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, inflation is nothing more than really, you know, you don't need to know economics for this, is you have too much money chasing too few goods. So you have, you know, three items that you want and you have 20 people wanting to buy it and they all have cash. What do they start doing? They start bidding each other up to buy the buy the item. That's all inflation is. Yeah. Uh, so um, what we have now is an administration that first denied they say, well, the transitory back last summer. The Fed was calling it transitory. Don't worry about it. No, worry about it. All you had to do was walk down Main Street yeah. and, and, and try to go into a supermarket and try to buy goods, yeah. uh, buy food. You saw prices rising. You filled up your car or your truck. You saw how much gas was costing. You tried to hire people and they didn't want to work. Yeah. You, know, you had to give them yeah. $20, $30 an hour, which minimum wage meant nothing because... They were making. They were. They were in demand. They were like yeah. now. It's one point eight jobs for every one person looking. Correct. So they, you know, back in the day when I wanted a job, uh, there were twenty people online. I was hoping to get a call back. Now you have twenty businesses looking for one person, yeah. and right. as a business owner, you're hoping they call you back. <laughs> right. So, so it's changed. So yeah. that's wh- that's where we're at now, and uh, inflation is terrible. Inflation is terrible. It takes the money you have. It's a melting ice cube. It takes the money you have and shrinks it. So what cost you a dollar to buy X amount of goods today now costs a dollar ten and then a dollar twenty. Uh, another way of looking at it is uh, if inflation is running at ten percent a year, your dollar at the end of the year is worth ninety cents. You still have that dollar bill, but it can only buy ninety cents worth of goods. So it's a tapeworm. It's a tapeworm on the purchasing power of your dollar. Of your dollar. Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. What are some of the specific policies? You mentioned the stimulus package, of course, but there are some other policies that have been put in place by this administration that are causing uh, not just that. I mean, we could talk about gas prices and other things. Uh, What are some of the things we should be looking at as creating the problem that we're currently living through? Well, you know, Americans have to realize we didn't do this. You know, you and I didn't do this. We had no power to do this. I had no power to write a $1.9 trillion check uh, uh, stimulus package. Uh, I didn't have the power to cancel... Uh, the Keystone Pipeline, which was working towards bringing energy costs down, uh, or, or for example, uh, uh, make it very difficult for fossil fuel to be drilled by putting all regulation and not giving out permits and making life really hard. Uh, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. So we're the beneficiaries, if you will, of the people we put into power. So, um, uh, you know, you vote uh, whoever you want, but realize when you vote, yeah. uh, we're getting the leaders and the elected officials that we deserve. Remember, they didn't waltz into power because uh, because uh, Americans didn't vote. Americans voted right. for them. Right. And, uh, you know, we're, we're concerned about progressives in terms of uh, moral and ethical issues that might go against or do go against many of our own sensibilities. Or, I know against my sensibilities. Sure. Uh, foreign policies that, that basically... Um, you know, you would think that you're back in, uh, you know, 1939, United States isolationist, yeah. which is ridiculous. There, you know, we don't we don't live in a, in a world where uh, what happens on one side doesn't affect you. Yeah. 
So uh, when we put people into elected office, we are exercising a, a constitutional right that was given to us by our founding fathers. And if we don't vote and we don't care, we're letting someone else make that decision for us. And uh, what we can do, we can't do anything about the energy price. We can't do anything about food prices. We really can't. We're, you know, we're, we're victims of that because it's it's our it's our it's our it's our penalty for electing officials who do that. But coming up in in in, in this midterm election is we need to put people in place who have an understanding of, of monetary policy, of, uh, have, as, I, as I say many times, who um, people who have, have, have signed the front of checks, not only the back of checks, people <laughs> we have there just basically never signed the front right. of a check. Sure. Um, one of the confusing things to me in that regard is it seems to be economic policy seems to divide along the lines of left and right. And, and I think that's really hard to understand. It's hard for me to understand Things like inflation. Why would a conservative take one approach and a liberal would take another approach? I mean, a lot of this is just math, and we have a lot of history that can inform us as to what will take or what will happen, what the result will be with some of these decisions. You mentioned the Keystone Pipeline, gas prices. So many of these things that are happening, the remedy seems to be very, very simple. Why do the decisions fall? between left and right? Why is there not a unified, we need to get to a place where we're fixing this? Uh, I guess my question is, what's driving our administration to make the decisions they're making fiscally? That's a, that's a great question. You know, um, uh, let's take energy just for an example. Uh, the, the left and the Democrats are hell-bent on getting renewable energy, green energy, uh, at, at the expense of fossil fuel. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, Biden was a presidential candidate in 2019 New Hampshire, he says we're declaring war on fossil fuel. Yeah. His uh, energy secretary, interior secretary, well, basically uh, fossil fuel has to be done away with for the climate. Oh, that's great. We, you know, who doesn't, you know, I have not met anybody who does not want to leave the world for their children and grandchildren cleaner sure, sure. and healthier, right? So sure. let, let's stop that right now. Every, we all agree to that. Of course. The, the thing that we disagree on is how to get there and when to get there. Right now, these are the facts. Renewable energy, green energy, is not not only dependable, right? The sun and the, and the wind, it could stop being windy and, and it could be cloudy for a certain period of time. They're not dependable sources at this point. They're not price competitive. And they, in themselves, are not that green. So it, it, it's like uh, you have to move for like one electric car battery Right, we'll want EVs, and I'll tell you right now, I have a Tesla, love it. Yeah. To get an EV, uh, the the uh, the metals and minerals that go into an EV, that requires moving 250 tons of dirt, which requires mining, yeah, which wow. requires electricity, pollution, yeah. people, shipping. So that that's clean. <laughs> so uh, you know, building building a um, a um, um, a wind, a, 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 what do you call it? A windmill, not a windmill. What am I, what am I thinking? Um, wind like power. the wind turbines. The wind, the wind yeah. turbines, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't have the numbers at the top, but uh, I had a guest on my podcast uh, last week who, was, who knew these numbers cold, but it requires X amount of cement, X amount of, of, of mm. uh, non-biodegradable plastic, yeah. uh, metal, <laughs> steel, uh, and kills what I mean, talk about killing how many birds and endangered yeah, species. Right, you know, right. put that aside. And then when the wind stops, what do you have? So no one, I don't think there's anyone on this planet who says, you know what, I want to leave the place a lot dirtier and unhealthy for my kids. <laughs> right, right. The question is, we're just not ready yet. And and for the administration to pull back and say, you know, we're going to cut the pipeline. We're going to cut, make it very difficult for permits. We're going to really make the CEOs of fossil fuel companies, the villains, uh, is just plain wrong. We're, we're, right. we're, we're, they're the solution. They're not the problem. So that's yeah. one way, Jeremy, that I could think of right off the top where a partisan viewpoint uh, clouds uh, reason. And you know what happens? I found that anger drives out reason. When you become mm-hmm. angry at something or somebody or a, a viewpoint, you don't think clearly anymore. And you're right. We should be sitting around looking and saying, this doesn't make any sense. We all agree on renewable energy and green energy, but sure. let's look at the numbers. It just doesn't pan out. And we're seeing the problems right now. But 
you know, that that's going to be, that's where our country is at this point. Yeah. We're very divided. It's, it's been really interesting to see how um, your political philosophy, what you believe about the Constitution, what you believe about individual liberties and individual rights, how that impacts every other decision that you make, your kind of downstream decisions. And I think a lot of the fiscal decisions that liberals make, it's because it's flowing from this idea that it's not about the individual, your rights don't matter, or they matter less. There are other more important things where a conservative would say it needs to start with the individual and then flow from there. And I think you're exactly right. We're just not ready yet. The technology is not there. And it's funny, we're put in these camps, right, where you hate the economy, or you hate to... Uh, the the uh, the world, and you want dirty water. <laughs> no, I don't. I want the same things you want, but I also want to be able to pay my bills and feed my family and and uh, do the rest of it. Um, that's a great perspective. Uh, the, the administration right now is conveniently pushing everything we're dealing with off on the war in Ukraine, and there are certainly uh, local impacts to what's happening globally. Can you talk for a minute on the impact that the war in Ukraine is having on supply chain and inflation and, and all of those things? Because that's, that, you know, 24-7, that's the news we're hearing as well. If it wasn't for that, things would be okay. Yeah, that's, those just aren't the facts, right? So when uh, Trump left the White House, gas, uh, average gallon of uh, regular gas was about $1.88 or $2 a gallon. Uh, right before Ukraine, right before February 24th, gas was approaching $4 a gallon. Mm. So we had, what, 40 percent jump without Ukraine, you know, without right. the invasion. Right. So right. how do you account for that? That's that's, yeah. that's, that, that's not that's being uh, disingenuous. That's not being intellectually honest. You know, you just look at the numbers. That's just not the case. Uh, you know, uh, Putin and, and, and uh, Russia have become a very convenient scapegoat for real, uh, real problems and, and, and realities on the ground that uh, that 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 existed prior to this. So, um, uh, I'll give you just a few, just a few uh, overriding examples. And that's why, just to back up a second, um, we, none of us, I don't think any of us, want any of our young men and women, our service people, sure. who are sure. the most amazing warriors in the world. You know, we, sure. we, we have the most, uh, one of the most humane armies in the world. People, you know, you look what's happening in Russia now and you, and you see this is, you know, American kids just don't do this. We, right. Or if, right. if it's done, it's done in isolation and it's not tolerated. That's right. So uh, we have the most amazing service people, bar none. And none of us want to see any of our, our sons or daughters or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers die on foreign bar- battlefields, right? We could all agree to that. Uh, like, you know, who wants to leave their world a dirtier place for, right. the, for the next generation? Right. So let, let's put that, you know, that, that, that silly argument out. We all, we're all on the same page. That's right. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. Uh, I, I don't want to. I, I'm not going to say liberals, Democrats. I'm just going to say it, it, the way it, the way I see it. You have people who say what happens overseas has no bearing on what happens to me in my four corners of the world and my my area, my block, my community. Yeah. And and in today's world, in the world of of of, of, of nuclear arms, that's just not so. Sure. That's just not so. Sure. What happens in Ukraine? Is important to you, because Putin has nuclear a nuclear arsenal. Right. Uh, you, you can't say you know I'm just gonna you know with someone's drilling in your rowboat. You say well it's not under my seat. <laughs> well we all go down together. You know. Right. Right. Uh, so so maybe sixty years, seventy years ago that was possible. That was possible. You know when Hitler invaded Poland, uh, um, you know there was no threat of nuclear war. So uh, to stand up to him and do some that, that wasn't an issue. Today, we see how delicate it is uh, to stand up to Putin, where he said, look, if you do stand up for Ukraine and NATO is enacted and troops are here, we will hit the nuclear button. That's a big threat. I don't know if sure. it's real or not. But my point, Jeremy, is this, is what happens overseas has a direct impact on us. And there will be times our country will call on their, our, our future, our best and brightest, to risk their lives in order to save our way of life and, mm-hmm. just as important, their, their hometown. So what's happening overseas directly impacts 
what happens here. Anyone who says no is foolish. Sure. Or doesn't want to see reality. Sure. From a, an economic standpoint, what is the argument then? Because I agree with you. Um, I served in the Marine Corps. My real job is <laughs> uh, leading a veterans organization. A lot of folks that I know, um, you know, now will deploy if that becomes, you know, what happens next. We work with organizations that are in Ukraine right now. So I, I completely concur with everything that you just said. <laughs> the, anal- the analogy of drilling a hole but not under my seat in the rowboat is perfect. Um, it's exactly right. Um, but what do you say then in response to the, well, all of our economic issues are because of Ukraine? I, I, certainly we saw the things going the wrong direction before that happened. Um, but what impact does that have right now? Or does it have any impact? Or will this prolong our recovery? What, what's, how do we look at that now? All right. That's really good. Really good. First off, uh, thank you for your service. I, I didn't have the honor of serving in the military. Uh, back in my day, the draft was over right there. Sure. And I was more sure. concerned about making money while people like you were risking your lives for my freedom. So thank you for that. Um, uh, what impact, right, does the economic, it, it does have an impact. And, and to get us out of this, uh, this, this mess that we're in now is going to require a little luck. Uh, I think Janet Yellen said that the other day. It's going to require, you know, good fiscal policy, interest rate rising, and a little luck. And, and she—I don't think she was joking when she said a little luck, because um, it, an economy such as ours, right, twenty-two, twenty-three trillion dollars, is extremely, extremely intricate. You don't know where the next curveball is coming from. I'll give you an example: what's happening now in Shanghai, where uh, the Chinese, yeah. the Chinese government. Uh, quarantining people. Think about 25 million people. Yeah. Yeah, 25 crazy. million people. Crazy. You know, it's, it's insane. It's, yeah. I, can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that. Right. And you right. see the, the, what they're pulling people out of apartments. And you, you see what happens when you have a country without you know, freedom. Sure, sure. So uh, w- what's happening there is, is affecting our supply chain. You know, uh, Shanghai is a, a semiconductor hub. If you're worried about buying a new car and that car needs that one ship, realize that Supplies constrained. One of the things is because there's a lockdown in Shanghai. Yeah. Uh, the fact that uh, they have one of the big hangars there, planes going in and out and transporting goods, uh, that's that's stopping. You know, when people are quarantined, they can't do anything. Right. Uh, they, right. they can't leave. Uh, uh, Ukraine also breadbasket of the world. I, I forget what percent uh, they export of their wheat to to uh, us and other countries. It, it all comes. But uh, the ships uh, not being able to dock off of Long Beach and 60, 70 ships out there, uh, we they had capacity. They brought the ships from overseas of goods from China, and they're sitting on a ship. We don't have enough capacity to bring them all in. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff's happening. A lot yeah. of stuff's happening. And this year, this year, the... Um, the uh, uh, Longshoremen, uh, the ILA, the Longshoremen's Association in Long Beach is going to be up for renewing their contract. And boy, oh boy, if they don't mm. get what they want, they could have a slowdown, which will hamper supply chain even more. You know, they, yeah. these guys have to take the stuff off the ships. So uh, it is impacting. You know, it's like a whole, a whole convergence of a lot of events yeah. happening at, at one point. Uh, so does demand decrease? where that will put an ease on the supply chain or does demand pick up and that'll strain supply chains and we could be going and stocking up on toilet paper and towel paper because mm-hmm. there isn't any? I don't know. But anyone who says that the economy or trying to manage an economy is physics, where there are certain laws that work, doesn't know what they're talking about. There's always, you know, I think Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they're punched in the face. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, everything yeah, sounds right. great on paper. But yeah. in, in reality, things are a, a, a very messy. And so, and look, did anyone, I don't know anyone, maybe you do, back in uh, August of 2019, say the biggest threat to our economy was COVID and a lockdown? Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, in fact, I remember talking about it uh, back in 2019 and just thinking, man, those people over there are crazy. I'm glad we're not dealing with that. And uh, it wasn't that much longer that we were. Um, All of that in mind, you're the founder of Alpha Investor. And I think generally you're you're very optimistic about people's ability to weather storms like this and to get through it. Um, Can you talk about Alpha Investor, what you do there? But then also maybe if you can outline, you know, here are a few things that every American needs to be doing right now. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for that uh, uh, great segue. <laughs> um, so when I stopped managing money professionally, uh, back around, I think it was 05, 06, I don't recall exactly. Someone said, why'd you do it? I said, I just wanted to start sleeping again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, when you manage money for people, it's really stressful. It's a sure, stressful imagine, 24-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and especially when you have family and friends, uh, many of them as clients, and you get to see them on Thanksgiving. It's not fun when your performance is down. <laughs> right, sure. Uh, so um, uh, about 05, 06, uh, my mother-in-law, who I was um, um, managing her money at the time, uh, she, she had said, well, you know, a friend of mine wants you to manage their money. I said, Ma, I'm, I'm not managing money professionally anymore. I'm done. Uh, so she goes, could you give me some recommendations? I said, I really don't want to get into that. Uh, so um, someone suggested, why don't you start a newsletter where you're not managing money, you're just basically making recommendations. Mm. You're taking your Wall Street experience and putting it in yeah. simple form that anyone can understand. I said, boy, I like that. I always love writing. I always love teaching. And I always felt like, well, boy, if I could give, that would be one place I would love to do it. Because I just, you know, growing up, my father, we didn't have much money. And investing to him was, this is back in the day for those people who remember it, Banks used to offer gifts, a blender, a toaster, oh, a TV, right, right. if you put a deposit in. Right. So to my father, investing was either way, I go to this bank and get a toaster, or this one, yeah, I right. get a you know, microwave. <laughs> that was it. Right. Right. Uh, and I just think back how life would have been so different if someone would have uh, told him to invest in Berkshire Hathaway or IBM or or, or uh, Walmart. Or, boy, oh boy, you know, a small fortune, a small amount of money would become a huge fortune. Yeah. But... Alas, he had no one to tell him. He knew nothing about the stock market. I don't think I ever saw the Wall Street Journal in my parents' house, ever, ever. And, uh, you know, stocks were something for rich people, which was, you know, just wrong. But he had no one to show him. Mm. And I said, wow, if I could do anything, take my knowledge and, and, and really give it to Main Street America, uh, what an impact that would be on, on many people's lives. And it would be such a great way to leverage. Oh, look, I want to tell you, I'm not the type of guy, and I never was, where I would go visit people in hospitals or bring food baskets. Sure. You know, I, I'm just not made up that way. And one of my sure. sons is the same way. He goes, Pop, I can't do this. And I said, I hear you. <laughs> uh, you know, I like to give wholesale, not retail. And sure. I, God bless the people who do retail. You know, God people who go to, I, I just, you know, I, 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 they are truly blessed. Uh, I, I'm just not that makeup. But if I could help people by, uh, by, by giving them uh, recommendations or showing them how things work and what to avoid yeah. in a wholesale way that they could buy a newsletter for just, you know, 50 bucks a year, yeah. uh, I've really made an impact. And so far, thank God, we have close to 100,000 paid subscribers. That's awesome. 126 countries around the world, including the United States, 127. And they're just Main Street folks. And um, what I do is each month is I outline a stock to buy. I write all the type of analysis I used to do when I was managing money, that kind of deep level thinking. I present it in a simple, easy to read format. And then I put it up to the, uh, you know, the, the subscriber. You can invest in it or don't invest in it. But I'm here to hold your hand. Uh, not really close, but in a, in a general terms where I give updates and all. And I'm there to take my experience and, and, and hope you hit your financial goals. And nothing more complicated than that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I wrote a blog yesterday. Um, it, just about an experience I just had a couple weeks ago. And I, I mentioned in that that we all need a coach, we all need a mentor, and that a lot of people put up this kind of roadblock that says, well, I can't afford a coach. I can't afford this type of counseling or this or that. We are living in a wonderful time where coaches and mentors can even be virtual and it can be very low cost entry um, and drawing on your you know, decades of experience. And this is one way to, to get out in front of that. That's awesome. I, I, I love it. I love technology that works that way and people who are willing to give that way. Um, what are some steps that you would, maybe at one of those Thanksgiving dinners with your clients sitting around the table who are also your friends, uh, right now you'd say, I know the world's a mess, but here, here are a few things you need to think about. Maybe they're not specific steps, but ways to look at what's happening or stuff to stay away from. I, I don't know. What are some things you tell us to do? All right. Uh, so first thing is uh, we have to realize that um, America's best days are ahead, not behind. That's great. Right? Our I best days are ahead of us. You, Love you, it. If you don't have that attitude and you don't have that belief, and it just and it's not basically a belief that comes from faith, it's a belief that comes from facts. That's great. If you put, you know, if, if a couple of years, a couple of years ago, maybe less than a couple of years ago, was big thing in investing was diversify among international companies. You know, China, the next big powerhouse. Russia, the next big. Hmm. 
didn't work out too well, right? Right. <laughs> Russian ruble right. fell sixty percent. Right. They shut those exchanges. We don't have that political risk where all of a sudden, you know, a decree comes out by the authoritarian government and wipes you out. We don't have that. Yeah. And I hope we never have anything close to it. We don't. Uh, remember, people are coming on rowboats. Uh, on, 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 you know, this, they're climbing under under walls. They, they're trying to hop over fences to come to our country. Yeah. If it's such a bad place, yeah. why are they all doing this? Because, yeah. you know, the soil of America is is rich with nutrients of freedom and opportunity. That's great. Uh, so, so um, what goes into that soil grows if if you come with the right mindset. No ifs, ands, or buts. If you don't believe me, go to one of those countries. Go yeah. to Venezuela, Cuba, uh, <laughs> right. and see what what life's like there. You know, I give you one. I give you one week, and you'll be yeah. calling me back. Yeah. You know, and say, get me out of here. So they're coming here, and there's a reason for that. So that's the first thing, and that's really important because if you don't have that. Uh, attitude. You don't have that uh, 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 belief that our system of government, our system of taxation, our uh, protection of by uh, by the constitution of individual rights, uh, the ability to open up a business, yeah. you know, start a business. If you don't believe in that, then anything I tell you, you're not going to listen to. You need to put your money under a mattress or go buy mm. gold or silver and wait for Armageddon. And that's not happening. That's not happening. So. The first thing is let's 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 call it what it is. Uh, every morning you get out of bed, you should thank God in heaven that yeah. your feet are touching American soil because you're free and you have opportunity. That's Everything great. else after is a bonus. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, right. that's number one. That's hey, look, great. man, you 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 you're a marine. You you've been around the world. You've seen uh, other countries and other forms of government. And, yes. And you know when you see when you see that flag fly, uh, I don't care where you are in the world. You know, represents freedom, and yeah. and that's not by accident. That's because we have developed over 250 years a form of government and a people who have died defending that. So, yeah. where else do you see that? Yeah, that's you know? fantastic. So, so that's the first thing. Once you do that, once you have that that right mindset, and our best days are ahead of us, and our GDP, our gross domestic product, the amount of production and productivity we're going to have is going to increase. You want to be investing in companies where really a stock is, right? A stock is a piece of a business. You want to invest in companies that are partnered with great CEOs and great companies and let them do all the work. Mm. You know, it's, it's, such a great, it's such a great wealth creator, the stock market. I can pick any company, any CEO, and be partners with them by buying just one share. So I could partner now with Jeff Bezos and Amazon. So every time someone buys something on Amazon, every time someone uses cloud, I have, I'm represented by one share. I could be a yeah. thousand shares. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm partners in that business. So the business grows, I grow. So all you need to do is find a, a few high-quality businesses, buy them, and then sit on your and let the other guy make all the money. Yeah, you. right. It, it's, it's not more complicated than that. You don't need to trade. And by the way, trading, you know, it's time in the market, not timing the market that makes you money. Mm. Uh, so... Um, uh, it's not hard to identify great businesses or oh, finding the right price. That's 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 where my expertise comes in, you know, because I value, you know, how to value this. But even if you don't, buy an S&P index fund because by you'll be sharing in the growth of America's GDP. Because if not, and you leave your money in the bank, or you leave your money doing nothing, remember what I said at the beginning, inflation acts like a tapeworm. It constantly sucks the lifeblood mm-hmm. of the purchasing power out of that dollar. So your dollar is going to be buying less and less. That's a melting ice cube. If it's not growing in something that's growing faster than the pace of inflation, you're losing. So that's what I recommend. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, everyone needs to uh, get a hold of your newsletter and, um, man, just follow follow you. Uh, I know I'm going to. That's going to be the next thing I do as soon as we're done here. Uh, where can people follow you? Where can people learn more about you? Sign up for uh, Alpha Investor and the other things that you're involved in. Well, I created a very simple site. It's my name, charlesmizrahi.com. Uh, maybe you could put it in your in the description. Yep, also, we'll have description. Yeah, I have there. So let me tell you what we got there. And you know, I'm sorry for the selfless, uh, uh, shameless uh, self promotion. <laughs> Do it. Uh, we have a newsletter, Alpha Investor. It's at forty seven dollars or ninety nine dollars. I don't know what promotion we're running at, but but here's the deal: we keep it at a low price, at a very low price, for that one reason. And my publisher kills me on this. Let's raise it because of inflation. No, no, no. That's our objective. Our objective mm-hmm. is to help as many Americans gain financial independence. Because when you gain financial independence, 
life changes for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I always think back to my father. You know, he couldn't go to our school plays because he had a job. He had to be there. Mm. Uh, our vacations were limited based on the days his boss gave him and based on the money you had to spend. I never yeah. wanted to be that. You know, the yeah. biggest thing financial success gives you is, is, is freedom of your time. You know, I don't have to be anywhere. I can be anywhere when I want and do what I want. That, that freedom is priceless to me. Yeah, that's what that's what having money does. You know, so there's one thing. It's not buying an extra, you know, nice watch. Yeah, I have a Seiko hundred dollar watch. You, know? <laughs> uh, you could buy the same watch as I do. You could buy the same iPhone as me. You know, we could share uh, the same creature comforts. Our homes are cold, you know, in the summer, and they're warm in the winter. It's not much difference between, you know, the poorest person and the richest person in this country mm-hmm. in terms of those creature comforts. We all got them more or less. Yeah, uh, but the difference is time. Uh, yeah. many people do not have. Uh, freedom over their time because they're enslaved to a job or to a business that requires them to be there. And that's not freedom. I never wanted yeah. to live that life. Yeah. So uh, so that's why we created the newsletter. We put it out at a really cheap price, which is, let's say $47. And we came up with it, you know, it was like, all right, how much do most people spend at Starbucks for a latte, <laughs> around 3 yep. $4? We said, look, if you can't afford, if you can afford a cup of coffee, you can sure afford this. <laughs> right. So you, you get me and my team to work for you for about you know, for about, you know, what's it, uh, $10 a week. <laughs> yeah. not, not even, what are we talking about? $4 a month, dollar sure. a week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a pretty good deal. That's a number good deal. Uh, number two, uh, I started, like you, a podcast. And um, and uh, I started this podcast back in the summer of July 2020. We came up with the idea. And our first guest, we started in December 2020, was Governor Mike Huckabee. Oh, yeah. And great guy, absolutely yeah. great guy. His story is just absolutely the American dream. And um, um, I started a podcast for one reason. I was just sick and tired of hearing all the negative crap about the United States and about how socialism is about. I am with you. I am with you. And, and I wanted to create a podcast where the guests, where you, where you finish the podcast and you feel good, you smile, mm. you yeah. learn something. Yeah. I was sick and tired of listening to some of the podcasts I listen to, and they're great. Don't get me wrong. I love some of the podcasts I listen to, but you get on, you're angry. You're, right. <laughs> you're mad. <laughs> right. And, right. And I'm saying, you know, there's enough anger out there. Let's yeah. let's put that aside. So the guests who come on my show, and thank God we've been really blessed. We've had amazing, amazing guests are from all walks of life. Awesome. Uh, a lot of them have great stories about their life. But more importantly, when you leave the podcast, you fulfill what my goal is each day is to go to bed a little smarter. I want That's to always great. go to That's bed great. a little smarter. So we have the we can find the podcast, the Charles Mizrahi Show, where you can get the newsletter, uh, which is Alfred Vesta, and start there. And it won't cost you much money, you know, 50 yeah. bucks a year or so. And that was it. I wanted to make it easy. And the podcast, of course, is free. And on my podcast, by the way, I do not have any commercials. We self-fund it. So you know it costs money to produce a show. It does. And, you know, yeah. Uh, we don't, I don't want to put uh, uh, any um, any advertisement on it because I just want it to be pure, educational awesome. information that makes people happy. Yeah. And if I could do that and help them financially, I think I'm having a pretty good day. Yeah, that's awesome. Charles, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate your, your time and your insight. Uh, your, your perspective on America, I, I love it. I, I am always complaining about the right <laughs> because all these people who I would agree with on you know basic principle – they're so angry all of the time. And yeah, you watch this stuff or you listen to this stuff or you get on social media and you're like, I should feel worse than I do. I don't know why I'm mad, but I'm really mad about something. Uh, but there is great hope and you're absolutely right. Uh, thank you so much. CharlesMizrahi.com is where you can find all that. We will get that in the show notes, of course. But uh, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And hopefully we can do this again. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I really Yes, do. sir. Yes, sir. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know it. They're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope, and that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, 
We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went, and I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. So thankful to Charles for joining us. What a great, great conversation. This is another one of those episodes I would encourage you to share with people that you know, that you care about. Uh, the ability for us using technology to invest, uh, to really do something with our money that can hopefully get out in front of inflation and all the other things that we're dealing with. Uh, it's there. We just need to know what to do. We need information and we need perspectives. And Charles gave that to us today. Uh, please visit his site, share this content out. That would be fantastic. If you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, subscribe. Wherever it is you're listening from, make sure you're subscribed so you are aware when new content comes out. Also go and check out SalemNow.com, SalemNow.com, and you can watch the video of this episode. Thank you again for joining us. Look forward to talking to you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.